Testing, testing. Test, test. One, two, three, test. Whenever you guys drink, I can always hear the ice clanking in the background. Let's try with the guests. So you have to mm. lean in, kind of. Now, Libby, you say something. Milk. I can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's feeling good. Yeah, let's There's do gonna this. There's going to be a lot of people on a podcast. Yeah. But I'm not mad about it. Oh. oh. Drop my let's socks. Let's make that not happen again. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's... Mm. Damn. Veche. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk Podcast, the podcast where we talk about films that have aged like milk uh, badly over time in the back of the fridge. I'm your host, Paris Hubert-Taylor. And I am also host, David Williamton Rogers. <laughs> Williamton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not only going three names, but we're going three, like a, sec, a different yeah, name. Yeah, it's a ton on the end. Okay, a cool. ton of fun. Well, that's fun. It David, was. what movie are we talking about today? I'm very excited to announce we are talking about Tropic Thunder from 2008, directed by Ben Stiller. Cool. And we also have some special guests today. Who do we have coming in to join us? Do you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Hi, I'm Libby. And who are you, Libby? Um, I am David's girlfriend. Oh, oh it's official now. And even though I refuse to say his name <laughs> on the podcast, we have a very special guest on my side. Who are you, sir? Hi, I am Scott Ash. I'm also David's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. that's so cute. That is cute. Um, Thrupple. No, I'm actually uh, shackled to this host over here. <laughs> I think you're about to say this hoe. Host. <laughs> the host. Use a host. I respect all hosts. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, so it's going to be kind of crazy because we got four people in our apartment, two dogs, and uh, who knows what's going to happen, but I think it's yeah. going to be a great show. I do, too. So, did we decide who was going to do the synopsis today? Yeah, I think Libby's going to do the synopsis. So Take it away, Libby. It. Tropic Thunder, what's it about yeah. for people who haven't seen it, even though they should have? Okay, so Tropic Thunder, it is about a movie within a movie where these actors are in a movie, and basically the director totally screws up the movie and spends all of the money, so has to force his actors who unknowingly go into the forest of Vietnam and wind up actually fighting real drug lords. And I think that does it. Anything to add, David? Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think you did a good job. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So this movie came out in 2008. Mm -hmm. It's got a stacked cast, as we were discussing. Some of the actors are Robert Downey Jr. We've got Jack Black. Who else we got, David? Your boy, was it Jay Bruchel? Oh, yeah, right? I love him, yeah. Yeah, I think you said Ben Stiller. We got my guy, Matthew McConaughey. You got Tom Cruise. You got Bill Hader. Anybody else I'm missing? Brandon T. Jackson. Brandon T. Jackson. Yeah, oh, Steve Coogan. Is that mm -hmm. how you pronounce his name? Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. Danny yeah. McBride. Mm -hmm. McBride. Nick Nolte. Every single name you just said was uh, sound like a man's name. Yeah, well... <laughs> There is Christine Taylor. That's uh, Ben Stiller's wife. She has a little cameo. Yeah, in and Simple a cameo Jack. within the cameo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Simple yeah. Jack. But it's a it's a pretty stacked movie. If you were a funny white guy in two thousand and eight, um, and one black guy, but true. Good 
good film in terms of like laugh a minute. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about like what has aged like milk. Let's kick it off with the start of the film. Libby, you had a problem with the way this film started. Please elaborate. So this film starts with basically trailers of all of the movies that the actors within the film have been in. And they're basically just all satire movies with extremely unique humor undertones. Not my style of humor. You said you skipped watching them on the most recent review. Yes, because I think it, for me, that humor just doesn't sit well. So... It puts a bad it put a bad taste in my mouth right out the gate. Yeah, the fake movies. So we got Al Pacino that opened up in in booty sweat and busted nut bar, and then you got Scorcher Six, Global Meltdown. <laughs> then you got Letting Loose with Portnoy, which is a no, fart. It's Fatty's fart too. Fatty's, Fatty's fart too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Portnoy is the actor. Letting, Fatty's fart Letting. too. Yeah, Letting Loose. Yeah, it's the sequel. Oh, it's yeah. called Let... Yeah, My yeah. bad. That's okay. Scott. And then... Let the man do his job. And then, I'm trying to mansplain it. <laughs> and then, mansplain the man. And then you got Satan's Alley, which stars uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> as uh, Kirk Lazarus and Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man. <laughs> Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Yeah. As like two very repressed gay Satan's monks. Satan's Alley. <laughs> Tobey Maguire actually did that as a favor to Ben Stiller. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were in a movie way back in like the day together and he came in last minute to do that for him i think that's the movie i would want to see the most out of the fake trailers to yeah. be honest with you Zoe. yeah the fatties one kind of made me feel sick i was eating at the time so I was like, mm. when i saw this movie in theaters uh the entire theater thought that the booty sweat ad was real and then going into i think it was the fatties trailer until you see jack black even when you see jack black in the beginning everyone in the theater thought it was real because sometimes they'll play a trailer for one of the actors that's in the film yeah so but it wasn't until like halfway through the fatties that people started realizing this is just gearing up for the, for the movie. But I, I think it's a genius way to introduce the characters yeah, off the bat. So I thought good. it was awesome. To start out of nowhere. I agree. Yeah. And then, of course, well, no, wait, did you have a trailer for Simple Jack in the beginning? No. No. Okay. Yeah. So never mind. So I'm jumping the gun <laughs> yeah. because that was my first point of something that had aged hey, like milk. Yeah, so this movie is really funny. Um, like Libby said, it's about a movie within a movie. They're supposed to be shooting this like... Vietnam War movie, but they use the R word a lot in this movie. And it's pretty offensive. Like we've talked about in the past, I'm Australian. It's pretty common to use that word, but it's actually really offensive. It's not a nice word. And they just use it so often in the movie. Ben Stiller's character is in a movie called Simple Jack. And there's this whole scene, which Scott, you were dying laughing over because it is a funny scene, but it's like so offensive where he's just talking about his process of getting into this character of Simple Jack. And it was a lot of the use of the R word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He basically is saying that he just sat by and studied disabled people for a long time. (laughs) So much so that he started feeling disabled himself. He said he rode the bus, R word. Yeah. He... He, he was like, you know, he's like, yeah, to wash R word. Then Kirk Lazarus, Robert Downey Jr. is like, yeah, man, he was falling in bathtubs, left your ass on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, dude, I just loved, I watched it like four or five times um, when they were standing off to each other. And Robert Downey Jr. is talking about the process of playing uh, somebody with a 
like cognitive issue or mental disability. And he's like, yeah, Simple Jack thought he was smart, rather didn't think he was R word, so he can't afford to play R word being a smart actor, playing a guy who ain't smart, but thinks he is. He's like, that's tricky. He's like, that's like working with Mercury. <laughs> just like <laughs> because yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is like an American actor playing an Australian playing an African American <laughs> yeah. so like it's just this whole I mean we'll get into that in a second yeah. but yeah no it, it was a lot and yeah. like I mean we all are laughing and it was like stupid funny and whatever mm. but like I do wonder th- about someone who is from like the mentally disabled community like did, would they be upset about they this? They did they tried to boycott this movie when it first came out especially the uh, Special Olympics um, oh. yeah they wanted to, to boycott the movie and it didn't happen but they did try to do it so then fast forward I don't know if you guys heard about this but Sean White went a couple Halloweens ago as Simple Jack and then like the Special Olympics people came out again and were like hey you know like, why are you doing that and then he took it down right away he apologized to Special Olympics he's like I should be called out on that and then Ben Stiller came back out because that kicked up another like kind of outrage type thing mm. like people on Twitter saying like it was like ban it or um, boycott the movie and Ben Stiller's like it was already boycotted you know we've discussed this already he's like I stand by Sean White and his um and I stand and I stand by the Special Olympics. He's like it was basically saying what act some actors do to get into a role to try to win awards. See, that's the interesting thing, and yeah. it leads to the next point, which is blackface. Where in a way, this movie, if we're going like really drilling down into it, in a way, this movie was really making fun of the way that we make movies, like from the start, like with the trailers to the first scene where all the actors are like acting like little bitches and like, you know, the guy's carrying this fruit plate around and then like, you know, the special effects guy like blows up all the trees and then one guy was in the bathroom and he's like, I can't get into my, would he be crying if I was crying? Like, you know, and he's being such a prima donna. So it's almost like they're making fun of the stereotypes and we will talk more about that. They are though. But right. And so, yeah, with the like whole meta thing, like he even brings up like real life movies. Like, yeah, I mean, when uh, Sean Penn was doing I Am Sam, I am Sam and yeah. like, you know, you he never went full R word, yeah. went home empty handed. So like, they're making, and also like, you have to remember that these people are probably friends with those actors yeah. or know them. Yeah, it's it's kind of a conversation about like the actors and what they're doing and the processes that they convince themselves yeah. like this is. But the whole movie is like a satire yeah. that like uh, Speedman's character. He does five movies of the same thing and then does a sixth one. And this one's a little different. Right. You know right. what I mean? And, he and he's got twins. Fast and the Furious. Like, <laughs> yeah. True. Aren't Transformers. They just, yeah. Aren't they just making fun of everything in the acting community? I mean, yeah. they the Kirk Lazarus character in and of itself is making fun of method actors. Meanwhile, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is a method actor. Yeah. Right. So let's that's a great point, Louisa. So let's talk about that. So <laughs> we have one beautiful biracial man sitting in the room. <laughs> How did it make you feel to see oh the blackface so in this? So I'm going to start this off with a hilarious tweet I saw. And this was a black person that tweeted this. And it was like, if a black person played Iron Man, who would you want it to play? And every, And people were like, Robert Downey Jr. as Kirk Lasser. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just funny. He even mentioned it. He was on a Joe Rogan podcast a few months ago, and they talked about this like openly. He's like, he's talking to his mom. He's like, I don't know if I should do this or not. Mm-hmm. Like, this is kind of bogus. Um, she was like, don't do it, like, don't Robbie. Do it. Yeah, and then he went and did it, and he said like 90 90- percent of like all his black friends which sounds like a bad sentence you know when people say like oh, oh my black, black friends my one black friend says it but he, yeah it's like 90 percent of them never had an issue with it and then you know some did or like had a discussion with them but like they stayed they all still stand by i never took offense to it because i know 
that it's making fun of what actors will do and go right. through. Like he got a surgery. It's not just blackface. Oh, he, he got, got like his, pigmentation. He got pigmentation <laughs> alteration. But Libby's right. So. Like they're making fun of the method actors and he himself is known yeah, to be a method six, actor. Six Oscar or, or six Academy Award winner actor before this, right? Before he jumps into this role. So he's just- The character. Don't do any, the character, yeah. yeah. He's like, how did you learn? What do they speak? Uh, Cantonese? Mandarin. Mandarin, Mandarin, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, how do you know Mandarin? He's like, oh, I, I studied for this one movie at, Worked eight months in a textile factory. <laughs> <laughs> Prepared for a role. Yeah. So, you know, it's like this whole... And I do also like how the other character, like, calls him out. And he's like, there was one good role for a black man in this character, and they gave yeah. it to an Australian. And he said, I had to represent. That was, uh, yeah, Brandon T. Jackson said that. Al Pacino. Yeah. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. I think I got this booty sweat Sweet. back in denial. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it was meant to be controversial. Like, they obviously knew what they were doing. Unlike some of the movies we've talked about on this podcast, like Breakfast at Tiffany's, for example, where they just had, like, a very racist portrayal. Like, yeah. I feel like every portrayal in this movie was extremely deliberate. Because they're checking all the boxes. They're literally, it's all satire. It's like, look at this. Look at what people do. Look at what people do to, to be successful, to try to win awards. This is the extent that yeah. some actors will go to. Even getting skin pigmentation or whatever yeah, they did yeah, yeah. To, to be to play a black saucier from San Antonio you know <laughs> yeah and the way I know there was like that one scene when they're like beside a little lake and they're talking about he's like I could cook up these collard greens yeah, and then the call out the patio yeah and then <laughs> and then Brandon T Jackson's character Al, Pac- Al, Pac- Al Pacino was like yeah. is that really how you think we all talk yeah. and it's true it's uh-huh. like uh-huh. we all talk like this yeah <laughs> and he's like making fun of it because it's it's true and I mean we've taught we David and I are in a, even though I'm not an actor, I like run a little actors zoom every week. And we talk about like, you know, how there's sort of coded language in like auditions and stuff like that. And like the word urban and like just the things that we need to change about our industry. And like, yeah. you know, that when this fictional character, Kirk Lazarus was like creating this character and like preparing for the role mm-hmm. that he was really drawing on those stereotypes. And I yeah. think in some ways this movie is so meta because it's really talking about like, a lot of that stuff. It's almost too much to try to like understand. Like yeah. I, I really do think Ben Stiller is a very smart guy. Oh, you can watch this movie. Like I've probably seen it 10, 15 times and I still catch little things. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Whether it's just like, like you're saying when they're shooting the first scene, he takes the bite of that strawberry, Bill Hader. Yeah. Bill Hader. And he just goes, Ugh. instead of spitting it out, he spits it on the whole tray. Yeah. And then they cut scene and the girl's doing makeup and the director's like, no, don't do that yet. Like we're not cutting. And then the girl like photography, she jumps yeah. in and all these continuity. People, yeah. Continuity. And then that party scene, which you said you didn't see mm-hmm. in the version she watched. Did you guys watch that? Yeah, we mm-hmm. saw it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, but they, there was, we watched the director's we was there, director's there was also an unrated version. I noticed. Okay. But same thing. So they're making fun of just the industry in general, how much money they're spending. And it's just extravagant. And he, the director's trying to get a cast meeting and he can't get anybody to yeah. to listen to him. Well, let's talk a little bit about like, moving on with the stereotypes. Let's talk a little bit about the stereotypes. So one thing that obviously really stuck out to me as an assistant in the industry, and that's kind of what I've been doing for the last little couple of years, is like there's this character played by Tom Cruise. He's this like completely disgusting agent character. I'm trying to find his... Less uh, Speedman. Less Speedman, that's right. And he, they, we were just talking about it before we started rolling like they totally make him seem like the 
stereotypical like agent you guys were telling me that you researched and saw, saw that he was wearing fake hands mm -hmm. he had like really hairy arms but you know and then I sort of said to Scott like when we were watching it that the thing I noticed was that there was no women in the room you know he had all these guys running around he's totally abusive they're kind of making fun of that Hollywood stereotype and obviously 2008 now is like 12 years ago but mm. It's funny that like they really highlighted the stereotypes to make fun of them, played them out so perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I it didn't stick out to me until I read up on it a little bit, mm -hmm. but yeah, they they called it the, one of the articles I read called it Jew face. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, and say you know that he just wore a ton of like makeup and latex, heavy-handed, like he had the fat hands, um, like extra hairy arms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and you know, I wouldn't have say like oh that's a uh, person portraying a, a jewish person you know what i mean or an actor but but also um, like but article, this they, that stuck out to somebody character obsessed with money and making money at all costs and yeah, this, but also the screaming yeah. yeah i mean the screaming thing was probably more of like a stereotype of like an agent or like a studio exec yeah, yeah. producer, producer yeah. where he's like fuck you and fuck the dragons yeah. and blah 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 and then he's like find out who that was find out who that was that was hilarious <laughs> yeah. i laugh at that every time i'll tell you what Asia's my playground. <laughs> yeah. He's like, flaming dragon. I, Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's drinking so many Diet Cokes. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I drink so much Diet Coke. Literally, trying fuck to your own face. Um, but actually, no, you're right. He wasn't an agent, um, but Matthew McConaughey played the agent and he's yeah. so fixated on the contract. He's like, hey man, you got that TiVo hooked up? <laughs> and he like, won't let it go. The and he clause in the contract that I fought for <laughs> yeah. says you get some digital recorded device on location. Uh, that was something that Scott, it, it's so great to like watch movies well, and like have different people's opinions. Cause Scott was like, Oh my God, the technology aged like milk. Mm -hmm. Cause you were like TiVo it, and the flip phones. You've got TiVo, you've got flip phones, you've got, uh, Jay Baruchel's character talking about the war between Blu-ray and HD DVD. <laughs> Actually, something I noticed, uh, and the film nerds out there, the film school nerds out there might love this. When they land in the jungle to make the gorilla style film the director's holding a canon camera called a gl2 and it's a piece of shit and they never would have given him that yeah. in the real world so prop master what the hell are you thinking scott has beef yeah. he was also watching a movie on an ipod that yeah, was like, like the first iPod that had like video. Stranded in the forest. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, you're talking about Ben Stiller. Yeah, right. Before and when he killed the panda. Right, yeah. or when he's like, "This is a top of the line satellite phone," and it's like <laughs> this piece of shit. And you just know that, like, even in the wilds of Vietnam, now you totally get service, like yeah, yeah. iPhone or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. Yeah, so the technology was funny. Like, I don't think I've ever used TiVo in my life. Yeah, I, I think this movie might have been the first time I really like saw them utilize webcam interaction mm. like i've seen it in other movies before but when like he, it's around yeah uh, like yeah camera, or yeah. when he's like doing the meeting and he's like which one's the director yeah. and then he's like which one's the key grip go punch that guy in the yeah. fucking yeah. face really hard and now here we are living our lives on, yeah. on Over Zoom. video sure. yeah no the technology was super funny and just so much of this it's so funny like i never thought that the 2000s had like a specific flavor but now in two, 2020 we're drinking and I'm burping. You look back and you're just like, Jesus, this is, we've moved, we've come so far, like from cell phones, like the iPhone 12 is about to, or is out. So here's my question. In that, in that part where they're on the webcam, do we think that in 2008, that clarity would have been that well, like that good? Oh, great no. question. No. Scott right? says no. No. 
So I'm that was way ahead of its time. Oh, so that didn't age. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a fresh I don't even there. think the clarity is that good now. No. No, they, they enhanced that. <laughs> enhanced. <laughs> they All, did that for Also, them. yeah, exactly. Like, being able to, I think in a room that big, like, making out people's faces with that many people, it would have been totally yeah. difficult. But that was, uh, I, I, I love that character um, that Tom Cruise did. And, and Libby, you're saying, how did he prepare for that role? I don't think that role actually even existed. He made it up, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. I think he was cast to play a different role and then just said this role would be way better. He's Tom Cruise. He gets yeah. to do whatever he the fuck he wants. <laughs> I do love when you're like that famous. You can just be like, who's in my Rolodex to come do like a funny thing yeah. in my... Well, and I think that Robert Downey Jr. changed his character too because um, Kirk Lazarus was supposed to be Irish and he said that he could do an Australian accent way better. <laughs> so he went with that. So they right. As an Australian, that, yeah, I was dying over the, when he's like, Dingo's got my baby. And he's like, that's actually a true story. <laughs> I lost love a baby. I almost, I almost looked that up, but then I think yeah. I was It is true. It is true. That was a national tragedy, man. I love how they, they wrote that scene for where he finally, like, he takes offense to every like cultural stereotype that they're throwing he's throwing at him. Yeah. He doesn't even realize he's been doing that to the black community what for do you how mean, long. You people. And then yeah. Brad T. Jackson. What do you mean, you, you people? Huh? Yeah. No. It was it was really good. Um so we've talked about blackface, we've talked about the R word, we've talked about mm. misogyny and possibly this thing Jewface. Yeah. Let's talk about the Asian representation in this movie. So, you know, Spoiler alert, again, you've had 12 years to watch this movie, so you're sleeping on this movie if you haven't seen it. But uh, basically, Ben Stiller's character, Tug Speedman, gets kind of kidnapped. He thinks that they're shooting a movie guerrilla style, so he keeps referring to this like little laminated like thing of you know scenes that he's got and he's like oh great 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 like and then he doesn't realize that he's actually being tortured or that he's actually been captured and he gets to this uh camp in the rainforest and there's this like stereotypical little like Vietnamese like warlord kid who's just like totally misogynist like yeah, oh no was Tran. Tran Tran I was about yeah. to say misogynistic but no I mean no. I meant masochistic like he's yeah, he's like running a heroin farm or something. He's this little kid with like a little beret on. The flaming dragon. The flaming dragon. And he has that tattoo on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> so I like how that glaze that glazes over uh, child soldiers mm-hmm. a lot. Oh, yeah. But I think that character was based off of uh, a Myanmar uh, drug ring that was run by two nine-year-old brothers. Do you have Do you have evidence to support that? Claim? IMDb told me. Okay. That's Should amazing. we fact check that? IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> but it does like the whole thing is she kind of laughs at the whole child soldier thing. In this case, the child soldier is leading a bunch of grown men. Yeah. So yeah. I thought uh, the one guy, up. his name's Reggie Lee. I thought he was hilarious um, when him and Tugger Nuts, Tug Speedman, uh, Ben Stiller's character, are going back and forth, and he's like, oh, he like spits on him, and he's like, Ben Stiller's like. Nine seven eight three two one. He's like doing his dog tag yeah. number, and he thinks he's shooting a scene. And then Reggie Lee's character goes, "It's like, oh, maybe some tea will calm me down." And he like kicks it, or he like spits on him, and he drops it. And he's like, "Reggie says, I, I just thought you'd like some tea." And you know, he gets like super, like just being a human. He's like, "My boss isn't gonna be as nice." I just thought that scene was hilarious. Yeah, so. I, that was really good. Was that scene only in the director's cut? 
it could have been. When I watched it this time, I didn't remember it didn't seeing, see seeing it previously. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he's, <laughs> I he, saw it. Another, another scene where he thinks uh, he's shooting, like it's actually being recorded, and this dude's like, his hands are taped behind his back, he's like about to be tortured, and this guy's just being super nice to him, like offering him uh, tea. <laughs> I feel like I've seen Reggie Lee in a bunch of stuff. He's, yeah. he's, he's fucking hilarious. He's been in some stuff. Yeah, yeah but I mean, the whole thing was just like, so stereotypical like there's like the, the little adoption like, oh the adoption thing where he's yeah. like i think all the good ones are gone he like <laughs> and then he find there's, there's a, little a little kid, kid in the camp in a, in a, like a little play pen yeah and then tugger and then um what's his name uh his matthew mcconaughey's character it goes to a fast like a shot of a picture of him and his son he's like well at least you get to choose yours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then at the end uh i think it's in the credit scene at the end you see him on a flight with his son and his son's just like looking miserable just out the window and he's just glaring at us jack black's character like they eventually go to rescue ben stiller's character mm-hmm. tux Speedman. and jack black is like a recovering heroin addict so he sees all this heroin and he's like oh and he sees this like little old vietnamese lady and he's like take off your clothes give them to me and then he can't fit inside her clothes everything was just like he's but he's like <laughs> okay so i pointed this out and i think it was the director's cut but Libby and i are watching and jack black goes up to jay bruchelle's character he's like you seen a guy around here um you know i got to talk to him and he's like he looks like this he looks like that and he's like oh there he is he goes hey dragon like get oh. over here and they, they flips him off and i was telling her it's like chasing the dragon oh. which is like freebasing heroin oh, for and they heroin. Call that, yeah chasing the dragon that was something scott <laughs> had on his list as something that was like a little bit aged like milk like just really making light of addiction i mean it's honestly i think there's so many like great standout comedic bits in this movie mm-hmm. but jack black to me is just first of all I'm a massive fan of his but yeah. also like he does this character so fucking well. <laughs> but you were like, yeah, they kind of trivialized the yeah. addiction. Well, this movie came out in 2008. I think in the time that this movie came out and to now, uh, the fentanyl like mm. situation in the U.S., crisis. opioid crisis has yeah. just exploded. Not that it wasn't big in 2008, but it's mm. like tenfold now throughout the country. So I do wonder. I, I'm sure movies still like joke about addiction here and there but uh, i think they'd have a harder time doing well it now. also interestingly we were just discussing this before we started recording robert downey jr i believe had a heroin addiction so and he recovered from it and mm-hmm. like he's doing well now but and he became iron man he became <coughs> iron man oh that's that's uh the lady dog that's our foster she loves robert downey jr maybe maybe we should She's addicted to heroin. She's just <laughs> She's chasing the dragon. Hey. Shh. Ah, I fucking hate movies. We're back. Yeah, we're back. So let's talk about What's Jeff. That? I don't know. What, you, you were doing a thing. So I, I know, thought but I, I thought that thing. was like a character. It could be. Maybe. Well, you, you just stifled I don't it. know. I don't let's, know things. You have a lot of random um, references. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, keep things exciting. <laughs> so Jeff Portnoy, right? So why was he your least favorite character in this? You said that in the break, I think. Yes, I yeah. did. I did say that. Um, and we were I... all like, shut up, Libby. <laughs> <laughs> you beautiful idiot. Ferris <laughs> is like, he's my favorite. I'm like, I She's did like, not. I don't care for his acting, actually. <laughs> like that movie would have been better without him. Just like, kidding. Get out of Just our apartment. Kidding. We love Jack Black. I don't know what it was about. I think what frustrated me was that all of the characters surrounding him didn't realize that he had he was going through withdrawals and that he had an addiction. Mm. And I think 
the fact that nobody knew, but he was still such an exaggerated addict frustrated me. Do you think that it could possibly be um, a reflection of Hollywood and that even though people know it's an issue, like they just let stars just go off and won't won't tell them anything because they're stars? Well, I definitely think that considering that's the entire theme of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I think Ben Stiller's kind of poking at all of those little corners of the industry mm-hmm. and you know he's not the only one that gets sick when he doesn't have his jelly beans <laughs> <laughs> i was literally live texting that to david Olivia, and i was like i need my jelly beans um i'll say uh when i first saw this movie i i didn't actually like jack Black's character that much i felt like it was the laziest uh, written thanks, character <laughs> team libya but i've seen the movie like four times now and he's probably like my top three characters yeah. now I don't know why that's changed, but I, I laugh at him now. Whereas I think I definitely chuckled a bit at him when I first saw the movie, but I was laughing much harder. Scott, at other you things, noticed you so. noticed something about Jack Black's character and the drugs that has very much aged like milk in the current situation. Do you remember what it is? Uh, he bites the bat. That oh steals yes, the drugs. Yeah. yes. <laughs> Which is literally so, why uh, we have COVID. The, 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 <laughs> Scott was like. Oh. I hate watching movies with Scott because like I can take notes in my, like I can take notes yeah. as it's going. I don't always have to pause it. Scott was pausing it in that scene like every five seconds. I'm like, I'm missing the narrative structure of this scene, Scott. Yeah, so uh, in one scene, Jack Black has his heroine in a uh, like a skittles bag or something and jelly bean, a, a jelly bean bag. Yeah. And the bat swoops down and grabs it and flies off. Oh, no. And then a little while later, he f- sees the bat land near them because it's high. It just drops out of the sky, I think. And he tackles it and Ozzy Osbourne's that shit. Just bites it. And, and you were like, I, Corona! I'm pretty sure Jack Black spread Corona. Yeah. In 2008. Yeah. 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 Yes. I it mean, took they, that long to get out of the mutate. jungle. They, they yeah. said it was in LA in December, January, February of 2020. So it's very possible that Jack Black is the reason. Yeah. Yeah, call it 2008. No, that was too funny. Yeah, well, Jeff Portnoy would say, fuck you, you can't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, okay, so that actually leads to, like, another thing. So they, like, tie him to this tree. He's, like, detoxing. And, um... Which it? is his idea. It's his idea. Yeah. Oh, come on, lady. He's like... That's down by the mother load. If I get down there, he's like, I want to do all the heroin in the world, man. Yeah. This entire <laughs> podcast is going to be David recording the movie. It's okay. I'm okay with it. That's what this movie is. Right. It's getting <laughs> cut because of the dog. No, anyway. we're going to keep it in because this is real life and this is making a podcast in a fucking pandemic. This is all me and my buddies do is just quote this movie. Okay, so they tie him to the tree and that's his idea. But it's literally... so. They're, they're sitting they're sitting around like the lake and Brandon T. Jackson's character, um, Al Pacino, they're like talking about like this, this sweethearts or whatever. And Jay Bruchel's character is like, are you kidding me? Like no one wants to go out with me because he's like the, they make fun of him for being like the least famous actor and the one that went to boot camp or whatever. And then Al Pacino, they're like, do you have someone special? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, what's her name? And he's like, Lance. <laughs> and then later on, Jack Black's like, come over here, man. Or like, what is it? What's the quote? <laughs> he's like... <laughs> He's like, I'll work the shaft and swallow the gravy. <laughs> I'll credit the balls, work the shaft, and I'll swallow the gravy. <laughs> oh but another God. hilarious one is when, um, what's his name, Kirk Lazarus was like, huh? And he's like, man, man, you got to just go up to, wait, what'd you say? Lance. He's like, and he's like, no, I didn't say Lance, I said Nance. 
And then they're talking about, he's like, when you made booty sweat, did you think about dangling your dice on Lance's forehead? (laughs) It's okay. Everyone's gay every once in a while. It's Hollywood. Everyone's gay every once in a while. But, no, I mean, but it was a little bit homophobic. It wasn't the worst movie that we've encountered. We've definitely encountered worse. But they definitely, like, trivialized it. And then at the very end, he's with Lance Lance Bass. That was great. I mean, I think you could make the argument that they're only surprised because he markets himself as such like a pussy hound. I love a pussy. Exactly. I love a pussy. <laughs> and he has oh. busted nut and booty sweat bars, <laughs> which could be a, a queer thing, I guess. But We were talking <laughs> about how I love a pussy was like probably so controversial in 2008, and now we have WAP. Yeah. You know, and it's just like literally on the radio. <laughs> but out of that whole movie, that probably didn't even hit the radar. It's controversial. We should discuss the misogyny in this movie. Go ahead. You referenced that a little bit earlier. I did. I actually have some numbers. Go ahead. I'd like to uh, bring up. So there are 42 cast members in this film. I mean, obviously there's more, but these are the main ones. Mm -hmm. And out of that, there are 11 women. Okay. That's not very many. Four of them play themselves. Maria Menounos. Tyra um, Banks. Tyra Banks. I think there were like a few. Alicia Silverstone was in like the at the Academy Awards ceremony, and then that's not, and that's not even really like a pot, is it? It's just no, like a brief was right. second. Silverstone or was that Ben Stiller's wife? No, Alicia Silverstone okay. was at the end because uh, Ben Stiller's wife's in it. Yeah, she's in Jack, it as well. Yeah, right, Jack. she's a character though. Right, um, and then five of them were assistants or secretaries of some mm. sort. So. Kind of shitty, guys. So I would like to just say one thing in defense. What what was the subject matter of the movie they were making? Uh, what Viet- was it? Vietnamese war, war, film. war a war film? film? Right, exactly. And I don't know if women were allowed in to Vietnam. war. At, I mean yeah. that that's probably accurate, but so. I do also think there's the the director argu- could have been a woman. There's an argument yeah. to be made that they're making fun of the stereotype of Hollywood exactly. and yeah. one of the stereotypes of Hollywood is it's a misogynistic workplace exactly. environment and they don't let women, let women in. Yeah. yeah. My argument to that would be, is that just something that they're kind of leaning on to use as a cushion? Like it's a, they're making fun of Hollywood. So like, you know, there's no women in these roles, so let's not put women in these roles. Yeah. But what roles could have women been in? Like director? I mean, they could have been the pyrotechnic done. guy, Danny McBride, who you said you loved. Yeah. It could have been the less Grossman character. Yeah. yeah, it could have been the yeah. agent. It could have been any yeah. of them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You you make the a right point, and I've heard this discussion come up before about like war movies, like because you know nowadays Hollywood really is more inclusive, or it's mm-hmm. trying to be, and they want female forward characters. And the military's yeah. getting there too. But I'm just saying, like there is, you know, you can't really rewrite history. I mean, you could. I look at a show like The Great, which had a lot of people of color, and they didn't really address it, and they probably weren't a lot of people of color, you know, back in like that time in Russia. No, we, we existed for a while. No, I know you existed. <laughs> were you, I don't know if they were lords in, uh, in Scandinavian countries. But no, I know you're out there. Um, back in the day. I heard a rumor. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's that argument to be made where it's like, okay, this is about five guys. So like, which char- like what are you going to do? Mm. Yeah, but... No, let me make a good point. I don't know if this is going to be accurate or valid, but they hired Robert Downey Jr. to play an Australian to play a black guy, so why couldn't they hire a woman to play ah. a man? I made us some crab apples, put dessert now, yeah? Hell yeah! Ha! Hell yeah! Ha! That's how we all talk. 
We all talk like this, huh? Yes, uh, yeah, mm-hmm, get some crawfish and some ribs, uh, yeah. You're Australian. Be Australian. Excuse me, Kangaroo Jack. I do think Tom Cruise's character in that same makeup and everything, but played by a woman, could have been extremely funny. funny I yeah. think so. What, yeah, but why then, couldn't they put a woman in a man's role? For me, I think my favorite character is Kirk Lazarus, so... I just, I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to replace. I wouldn't him. want to replace. No, him I, I think he was my favorite character too. Yeah. I think your favorite replace character him. was Danny McBride. Oh, I did like Danny McBride, but like as far as like one of the main guys, Danny McBride's character was also like the worst of America, like in a oh, character 100%. where he was like, what did he say? You said in the break. He said, so it was kind of fucked up, what he was talking about. He's like, yeah, I got these guys back here knitting a sweater. Give me some guys that speak American. And there's two like Vietnamese people that were helping him with the pyrotechnics. And yeah, yeah. But he like follows that up with, with the explosion. He goes, Mother Nature just pissed her pantsuit. And I thought that was really funny. He would have voted for Trump. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Uh, that character, 100%. Uh, was oh, my God. And Matthew McConaughey's character, like one of the first scenes you see him in, he's just reading at his desk a giant hard cover book of giant tits that wasn't in the version that i watched he oh. he had put it on before we left and i was like you're torturing it does, I, me i don't even think the book has words it's no. just <laughs> just books it's just, just it's a table boob. Boob and meanwhile book. he's talking to his client about tivo and in <laughs> and his contract mm-hmm. so, yeah that wasn't in the version i watched i think it's at the the party scene it might have been a different scene but alf alfacino's character is arguing on the phone about saying claiming he did not pee on that girl she walked Alluding in the way. Yeah, I don't think that that was in my okay. version either. Yeah, like, he takes a call while they're still trying like to shoot. Oh, during the shoot. Okay. During the shoot. Because R. Kelly. Yeah. R. Kelly peed on somebody before that, before that, though. I think that's what they're making uh, fun of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's oh, like, no. He's like, no. He, she was totally into it, and she just walked past as I was peeing. <laughs> Good luck. I got this booty sweat back in Denang. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Baruchel's character, they don't know who he is the whole time. He was the only he was the younger actor that obviously didn't have a lot of roles. Yeah. And he went to uh, basic training and like he's the only one that can read a map and he's just like they just don't care about him. They only care about themselves. The, the part when they're in the forest and you, I don't know what is he talking about like Xbox or something like what's he talking oh. about? He's talking about the the the, the War, war between Blu-ray and HD DVD <laughs> and how porn He's was like, the deciding factor. Are you factor. talking to me this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, man, you been talking to me this whole time? Tux Beam was like, the men respect you because you went to boot camp and rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of the actors did the boot camp. Like, some and, actors do for yeah. military movies. They didn't movies. read the they script. Didn't no, read, a little later on, he came up the script. He's like, don't worry, it's like, like the book. And he's like, yeah, the book. And he's like, well, it's, it's basically the same as his script. And he's like, mm. And he's like, you did read the script, right? I don't read the script. The script reads me. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't even make sense. See, I think this is so much more funny, like, having everyone go over all the lines in the movie than watching the actual. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I it, It's funny because this movie came out and I wasn't Sorry, guys, but I wasn't of age to see this in theaters, so I don't think I saw this movie until, like, three or four years after it came out for the first time. Okay, and you loved it when you saw it? No, because (laughs) you told me we were doing this for our podcast, and I was like, oh, my God, no. (laughs) Who do you think this movie was made for? Me in high school? Yeah. I I mean, I definitely think it's such a... I consider myself to like have a decent sense of humor. Like I think things are pretty funny, but I think that like the dumb humor to me is just not like the easy low hanging fruit is just not 
Oh, David's rolling. <laughs> For all of you listeners, David's rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> you have these movies and it's like, who's watching them? And I feel like sometimes they include enough humor to attract whichever, like, you know, demographic they haven't officially made this for. So like yeah. for She's All That and for Knocked Up, you and I both kind of agreed. Like it was much more of like a female forward, you know, like go see this with your girlfriends, but you could probably convince your boyfriend to watch it because mm-hmm. there's some stupid shit in this. This is very much like you would go, I think with your buddies and then you'd be like, babe, we got, you got to watch it. Yeah. And she'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, I guess it's pretty funny. Isn't this funny? It's not my favorite movie. So I- when I found out we were doing it, I've been asking people, like, what do you think of this movie? And honestly, like, eight out of ten people are like, that movie's hilarious. It's so funny. And then I was talking to my brother about it, and I was, like, telling him that this was a movie, and he was like, that movie sucks. And I'm like, it must be, like, our sense of humor How growing up or something. Yeah. The fact this that- sense of humor is, like, I feel like it's fart jokes. It's making fun of people. It's, it's ridiculous. Making fun of everything. It's, yeah. it's the cilantro of movies. Because like twenty percent of the people yeah, taste like okay. soap in their mouth, oh my and eighty percent of people for the love it. Yeah. <laughs> Cilantro milk. Cilantro. <laughs> so this is what I think we should do. I think we should do our shout outs to the cast, and then we're gonna do a little like Q and A with the with the people here, and then we'll all decide whether we think this movie aged like milk. Who has someone that they want to shout out? We're all gonna say someone. I could go. Do it. I'm going to go with George Drac... I'm going to destroy this last name. Dracolius. Okay. He is the music supervisor. Mm. And because I'm a big music guy, I loved the the soundtrack of this movie. Um, I couldn't find specifically who handled the soundtrack of the movie, but he was the music supervisor, and that's generally their job. Um, but they're... He's responsible for seeing, overseeing all the licensing rights. Um, and he's worked on Crazy Stupid Love, Marriage Story, Joker, The Hangover movies, a few really big uh, movies. And I just loved all of the music in this movie, from The Stones to Quiet Riot, Credence Clearwater, um, and then obviously Flo Rida. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Who else has one? Scott, do you have one? Yeah, so I'm going to shout out to uh, Michael Fuchs. I think that's how you say your last name, F-U-C-H-S. Uh, you were a production assistant, second unit unit on uh, Tropic Thunder. And having been a production assistant myself, I know how much they get shit on and screamed at and low pay, long hours, treated like shit, but they make the movie happen. So great work. On Tropic Thunder, and your career looks like it has progressed massively. You've <laughs> Good for fucking you. become a steady cam op. You're a camera operator in like the movie Joker and Gemini Man. Way to go, bud. Well Yay. Well, I was also going to shout out a PA, but I went up the list a little bit. And because there were so few women in this movie, I am going to shout out a woman. I am shouting out Julie Cummings. She was the second, second assistant director on this movie. That's the dogs in the background. Uh, that's basically someone who keeps the train running. We've discussed a little bit like the, the ADs are the ones that really like keep shit moving. Um, Julie went on to work on, uh, Tangerine. She worked on a bunch of TV series made for love, Vita, Grace and Frankie, which is a great TV show. Drunk history, which is one of my favorite shows. Julie, we see you. We appreciate you. And I'm sure I was scrolling down the list and I didn't see a whole lot of women. So I'm sure this was a very burrowy film, but I'm proud of you, Julie. So good job. David, yeah. who you got? 
I am going with Shannon Dietz, camera call, uh, camera and electrical department, and in Tropic Thunder, listed as Grip on this movie, which is a funny scene from the movie when the key grip punches um, the director in the face. Um, so recently, Shannon's worked on Space Force, The Mandalorian, which is a dope show, Lucifer, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, but one of my favorite movies, Interstellar. Yeah, uh, love Interstellar. Film. Yeah, now you see me, now you don't. Life of Pi. So, thank you, Shannon Dietz, and keep on keeping on. So now, because we've got our significant others here, I actually pulled up a hundred questions to ask your partner on date nights, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna randomly ask. I might need more alcohol. Here's the first one. What food reminds you of me? Ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it's disgusting, and she always makes fun of me because I don't like ketchup, and it's like it's been so a huge pain disgusting? point in our relationship. <laughs> and if we ever get married, we'll probably get divorced because I don't like ketchup. Baby, you're so cute. David doesn't like anything. <laughs> Let the record show. record show. What food reminds you of him, then? Man of mystery. <laughs> oh, barbecue sauce for sure. Ooh. Because or, like, is it because he's black? He's brown? What do you 100%. mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> no, because David won't use, he doesn't like any sauce, but he loves barbecue sauce and he has so many varieties of sauce. I like a lot of different sauces. He doesn't like ranch. He doesn't like ketchup. Like like he doesn't like buffalo. Chili. Kick those across the table. Okay, what yeah, about yeah. you guys? Scott, what food reminds you of me? Chicken wings. Really? That was our first date. That's exactly why. And oh, we get them all the time. That's cute. That or Vegemite? Why? Because you're Australian? <laughs> when have I... Be Australian. <laughs> Be Australian. <laughs> That's actually a really sad story. Actually, someone lost their baby. So Okay. This is, this is kind of stupid, but cute, I guess. There's an Australian food called a lamington, and I think Scott reminds me of a lamington because it's very sweet on the outside... Um, and very soft on the inside, and, Scott and dark is, and coconutty. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and Scott, as we all know, is pot Iraqi <laughs> and is sort of hiding his brown roots. No, it's not because of that. It's because he is so sweet on the outside and also soft on the inside because he's got a soft center. We love Scotty. Aww. I know. Even though I make fun of him all the time on the podcast and refuse to say his name in real life. <laughs> you guys are really sweet, and David and, our, and I are like, she reminds me of this sauce. He reminds me of this sauce. Super dysfunctional. <laughs> I love it. Ooh, some of these are a little sexual, and I am going to skip them because I don't want to know. If your significant other could do anything job-wise... What would they do? You guys go first. Scott, you know what I would want to be. Oh, I'm supposed to guess what, what you want to be yeah. or what I want you to be? No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you know is my like deepest, like what what's my career dream goal? You want to be a writer, producer, director, but only when you want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to direct stupid projects. <laughs> I want to be like a showrunner or a writer, producer. I think Scott would like to edit uh, feature films and TV. He's an editor. You want, you want to be like an Academy Award. And you also want to direct music videos, I know. So maybe a music video director. Is that right? And other shit on the side. What? What else? I don't know. Maybe I, may, I want to direct a video of her shutting up. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great video. I'd watch that. What about you guys? I'll go first. This is a little... Have we? Uh-huh. Then I'm going to probably I'm gonna probably fuck this up. I mean, I'm going to say two things. I would say h- higher up where you're at 
but also what is she at right now um she's in e-commerce and she i I just think she'd be really good at being more like of the the boss lady Mm. um and working like with more music and artists and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. or i think you'd be i I wanted to make a cookbook i think um, a cookbook author because she throws down i hate reading and writing (laughs) (laughs) i think you can have can you just talk like into oh you could be like a a computer like an alexa one yeah there you go yeah alexa cookbook if I had all the talent in the world, I'd be in a girl band. So you were really oh. far off. Spice <laughs> up your life. Oh my god. Um, but I know that David wants to be an actor. Is he? Well, he is, but he <laughs> wants to be on the big screen, and I'd love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> okay, this is more of like a. Can you do you know this about your significant other? How many pillows does your significant other sleep with? You guys, Libby, how many pillows does David sleep with? Zero. Really. Like a psychopath. Or a super flat pillow. I like the corner. I like. <laughs> oh my God. I, like I feel like I just found out he's a murderer. <laughs> I like the corner of a pillow. That's it. Okay. When just when like we this. went to Big Bear for Paris's birthday, how many pillows did you sleep with? Well, my new air mattress has a little raise on it, like a little bump, a little head bump. So I just leaned up against that. Yeah. Okay. But I just don't. It's too much. You're like. Puts okay. my head up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I for you, you just need one good one. One mm-hmm. solid. I, I had to buy new pillows at Costco because she was hating on my pillows. So he like didn't, he 400 didn't years to. worth of pillows? Yeah. Exactly. 400 years worth of pillows. I built a What do you mean, you people? <laughs> well, what, do you mean? what do you mean, you pillows? It's funny <laughs> that David barely uses a pillow because Scott has to sleep with three pillows. Two under his head and he has like a body hug pillow. So I have three. a snuggle. That's I funny because I was going to say you sleep between one and three, depending on how many you stole from him. <laughs> That's true. I steal. I like fall asleep and like roll over and think that his hug pillow is my pillow. And then he gets really mad at me. And then we have a lot of fights and I'll sleep. Do you steal blankets as well? I'm, he doesn't, it's not that I steal blankets. It's that he doesn't want to use blankets and I'm freezing okay. all the time. Okay. Um, okay. So, well, this is the part of the podcast where we decide if this movie age like milk or not and i think we should start with our wonderful guest who we are so mm. honored to have on this podcast let's start with scott ash um do you think this movie aged like milk well this being one of my favorite comedies of all time well top five i do love this movie a lot i will have to say it aged like a fine milk wine what does that mean? No I love wine. how people just like make up the shit. Like, it's bruh. amazing. Yeah. It aged like a milk wine because it had so many things that are just aging well for it, but at the same time, it had so many issues that they didn't address in the writing that didn't age well, such as the R word, the R word, the addiction, and some of the uh, misogyny and sexism. <laughs> But at the same time, I think they did a good job addressing like the blackface and what a piece of shit industry Hollywood can be sometimes and things like that. So, Libby, I'm going to have to say that it did age like milk. And here's why. If this movie were going to come out tomorrow, I think that it would create a lot of controversy and I don't think that it would have made as much money as it did although it might have been funny it definitely would have been um politically inappropriate and caused a lot of issues with the current political climate 
Do we know how much money this movie made? It made a lot of money, right? It made like a oh. hundred million profit. It did. Shit. It, had, I think yeah. it, had it was like that. a ninety-eight mil budget. It grossed one hundred and ninety-five point yeah. seven million. And it cost like wow. ninety-eight to make or something. Oh, so it only made um, two. Million. And I just want to no, say, it made oh, like hundred million. <laughs> Robert Downey yeah. Jr.'s no. movie earlier that year, Iron Man, came out in May, and that made five hundred and eighty-five million. So he was basically living life. He was also nominated for all the awards for mm-hmm. this. Movie. So he did Iron Man, crushed it, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go do blackface yeah <laughs> he was and his mom was like please don't do yeah, that and he's like fuck that. you i'm doing yeah, it yeah, uh i think this movie aged like milk i completely agree with libby i think that if this movie came out at the current climate especially with black lives matter like there's just too much controversy controversy like it's i think it is a funny movie but again like talking about movies that are like of their time but then again i'm like do we give it a pass it was only 12 years ago but my problem with this movie is that like it's too meta for itself like we live in hollywood all of us we work in hollywood we see this shit up close every single day like the misogyny the racism like it's just wild and i do think i do think ben stiller is a good guy i don't know him but i think he tried to make a movie that was like so offensive that it was necessary if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like he almost like made all these jokes to make fun of how ridiculous stuff is. And I really don't know if anyone else could have pulled it off. And so like, I do think it aged like milk, but I would still drink that milk and just deal with the consequences <laughs> later. Sorry. I, I would. like that. Yeah. Uh, well, first I'm going to say it's a good thing. I got this booty sweat back in the name. All right. Do I think this aged like milk? Um, I think no, and to Paris's point, because they made a movie that you're supposed to be like, oh, that's fucked up, and making fun of all that stuff. Now, the part I don't like about it is, and maybe not talk about this, like punching down, like to yeah. making fun of a community that can't really defend themselves. So, like the simple Jack part, I think that kind of aged like yeah, milk. Shit. But you know, actors do do that, right? They play those roles and they got to be represented correctly. Did they represent Simple Jack correctly of somebody that's, you know, uh, mentally disabled? Not really because it's, you know, it's like a caricature of it. Um, But overall, like, even with Black Lives Matter, I'm not at all offended about, I don't consider this blackface. I consider this making fun of what actors will try to do. Um, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's it's racist. Not to me. And this is just my opinion, but I don't think anything else aged like milk but the you know, the part the simple jack part. I don't think that we talked about it, but I do know Ben Stiller did play this movie for the NAACP and none like overall everyone said they didn't have a problem. So with it was it. really like the disabled community that was yeah. like this isn't okay. Yeah, then yeah. Special Olympics and to be they f- wanted to boycott. To be fair, like a lot of people take cheap shots at you know, disabled people and they really mm-hmm. have to advocate for themselves um, a lot. So that's interesting. I mean, a uh, uh, gentleman with, um, you know, that's cognitively delayed or Down syndrome just finished the Ironman. And I saw that and so, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it is a good community. Uh, a lot of great people, a lot of uh, people that, you know, have made strides and done a lot of great things. But yeah, it's a... Uh, I think so you're I, right. Punching down mm-hmm. is never okay. Mm-hmm. And they really make fun of the cognitively delayed but also i hope that this really shines a light that like we don't need to make movies like i am sam anymore you know like there are movies where 
the punchline is that they're disabled and that's not funny anymore. Like Rain Man. Yeah, like, but is that those aren't punchlines. Those those actors actually did those characters justice. They told okay. those characters' stories correctly, right? So that's why it's kind of teetering back and forth mm-hmm. with Simple Jack because um, even when he's doing it for that, that village, Robert Downey Jr. said he pulled back on the, you know, on the R word yeah. and that and see that way the audience can connect right <laughs> so and that's you know that's the 101 baby so I mean David so, would like to play the cook Lazarus role <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I love that but I'm saying like so those roles you know Tom Hanks Forrest Gump Oscar winner right all this stuff so if you're doing this correctly, those people do have stories and they Absolutely. do have good... And they should have representation. And they should be represented but by good actors that represent them correctly and tell their stories I correctly. think it's the same argument of like, do we have straight white men in uh, transparent playing a transgender role yeah. or do we have a transgender actress playing that role? So, so but we're moving a, forward now. But can a Down... Like there are uh, actors with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. but can they carry a whole movie? That's probably yet to be seen have yeah. you seen um i think it's called the ringer i have yep yeah the ringer yeah, has a some, lot of some mental that's all a bunch yeah. of people uh, like special olympic athletes yeah. right yeah so yeah where they hire people and they play in the film there's movie. also a mm-hmm. show that came out recently and never have i ever it's never have i ever the sister, that, yeah, yeah the sister is downstream yeah well we got sidetracked as we always do. I'm always like, and this is towards the end of the show. Yeah. And that was like 45 minutes ago. Um, well, those are our significant others. And we're blessed to have you on Help the show. Help us. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Um, we appreciate your support and love as we try to put things out there. Where can our fans reach you guys? <laughs> <laughs> IG, Twitter. Um, you can contact me through David's phone number, which is. <laughs> um, you could follow the podcast, and I'll just, uh, you know, You'll follow Age Like Milk podcast. And yeah, I'll, I'll see that. And you can reach me at scotthqash.com. Uh, hire me to edit all your movies. Let's go, especially the good ones. Scott's a great editor. I truly believe in him. I would never date someone that was a loser. So. And I can edit with a dog in my lap. You can edit no with a dog in your sometimes. lap. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. <laughs> um, well, thanks, guys. We love you. Thanks for being on the podcast. I hope people think this is funny. A little view into our lives. Otherwise, yeah. look, this was gratuitous. If you made it this far, if you made it this far, you get a free can of booty sweat. Yeah. <laughs> David will deliver it to your house. I definitely will. he'll do will. the head tilt. I have a few samples maybe we could uh, yeah. toss out to some fans. Exactly. Yeah. Um, follow the podcast on Twitter at AgeLikeMilkPod. Follow us on Instagram, AgeLikeMilkPodcast. Basically the same Twitter handle instagram find us email us at age like milk podcast at gmail.com for your suggestions and we'll see you next time thanks guys bye bye, bye. leche leche <laughs>